Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. What's up, Sin Network? How is everyone doing? We are here today and with another We Are Sin Network podcast. We are excited to have two special um, and lovely guests. One is the world-renowned Kathy Litton. We are always grateful to have you, Kathy. Um, she heads our spousal training team here and just really excited to have you. Thank you for being on, Kathy. I'm glad to be a part today, Dahad. I don't know about that world-renowned part, but <laughs> I'll go with it. Hey, you are world-renowned, Kathy. You are yeah. world-renowned. So I, you are um, in, in a pleasant um, person, yeah. exciting to, to be around and just have had an impact on so many different people. And so we just really are grateful for you. And then we also have Shanae from Connect Church. She is a planning wife in the, the boot, New Orleans. That is actually my home city. You know, I am from, really? I'm, oh. I'm not, well, I'm not born in New Orleans. My dad played pro football for the New Orleans okay. Saints. Oh, you know? yeah. So, and now with my dad, my dad is actually from there. And, wow. you know, I, so, you know, my granddaddy and all them are all up there, you know, in, in New Orleans back. So I lived in New Orleans East for about six years. So it is, it is definitely home for me, uh, you know, the who that, who that nation. That's and, right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so thank you for, for joining us and being a part of this. Thank us. you. Thank you for having me. And I love to represent the who that nation. The who that nation. That's it. <laughs> hey, you know. No, you know, actually, my dad's claim to fame that if you Google Aaron Neville and who that my dad was the one awkward black man on there who <laughs> dancing, singing who that he was. Wow. So, yeah. so he was he was a part of the original group that was singing the who that, you know, when Aaron Neville started the, the who that or when the Saints go marching in. So, oh my that is, so I'll definitely yeah. do that. <laughs> That, that, that is it. So, but, you know, obviously one of the things that we've, if we've been following the news, watching the news, one of the things that we have recognized is that New Orleans have been seriously impacted, you know, by the COVID-19 virus. And, you know, and I would love just to kind of hear like, how has you and your family and Connect Church, how has it been impacted um, via the COVID-19 well, it has been impacted greatly because New Orleans in itself is such a hospitable city and um, our economy is based on it. Uh, all of the events that we have in the cities, our 52 festivals <laughs> throughout the year uh, call for community engagement and family engagement. For instance, you know, Mardi Gras is not just about the beads and the, the the floats and everything. It's a time where families gather. It's almost like another family reunion, you know? So your families are gathering on those routes and engaging in some kind of way, uh, cooking and, you know, singing and enjoying their time together. So to be confined to your home and not be able to embrace and engage your family, it is a huge thing. I mean, it's a huge thing. Um, just this little thing. There was a a video going around nationally, I think where some a family did a second line in honor of their deceased loved one. And the police had to come out and say, okay, you know, you guys are gathering. It's almost a hundred people out here. And it's not that people didn't 
respect that. It was more so like, okay, do we not honor our family member? You yeah. know, because it's part so it's so so much a part of the culture here. So it's yeah. not just a simple defiance. It's you still trying to grasp. You cannot do things culturally that you've been able to do. So yeah. I think we're getting it. It's just very hard because, you know, you know whether it's grocery, it's just being able to go to your parents' or family's house to even get groceries is very difficult. And for New Orleans to be a, um, a citizen of Orleans Parish, I can't go outside of my parish without fearing, will I get into a car accident? Will they be able to treat me? Because I'm an Orleans Parish resident. So yeah, yeah, yeah the speaking the speaking of that and just being the, such a hospitable town and uh, you know and built being built on hospitality, you know, how does a church like Connect Church live out its name and continue to connect with the community without kind of putting your family in jeopardy, your own your church family in jeopardy, and putting even those um that those that that you come into contact with in jeopardy? Yeah, well, uh, first we, I mean, we, outreach is the heart of one of the heartbeats of our church. Uh, And so we just went immediately went into prayer and seeking God as to how we could do those things. And so we were able to connect with uh, our city council person. And she kind of galvanized some other entities in the city to do a a drive-through food pantry throughout three different parts of the city, one in the east and one on our side. And she, uh, you know, just because we've been in contact with her, you know, just um, she asked, approached uh, us and asked if we would be willing to use our facility as a site and where people can just drive through. So, uh, and we we did that. And uh, even so, uh, I think that was with Second Harvest as well. And so we last week, we was, which was our first week, we gave out over 500 meals, hot and grocery uh, bags of meals. And um, just yesterday, I think we gave out close to 700. So um, you can volunteer. They provide your masks. They provide the gloves. Um, we, you know, social distancing is very, is strongly encouraged. Um, but just finding ways to connect with other people in the community, whether it's the police force, finding ways to do that. So that's how we've been able to do it for our church and some of our members who aren't, uh, don't have the fear or whose immune systems aren't uh, jeopardized. Uh, they've been coming out to volunteer as well. Yeah, one other question, you know, and just kind of following up, like how has that impacted you personally as a planning wife you know, in the New Orleans area, you know, in the midst of COVID-19, you know, how do you balance the responsibilities of, you know, all the different responsibilities that you have and still remain engaged and connected to your city? Well, uh, you know, I can't say that there's not, there, there wasn't any anxiety there because there was some fear, there was some anxiety um, because now it puts you, it almost puts you back in a place of feeling like you're replanting all over again, you know, because you work so hard to to find a building or to begin to meet in a building and to engage uh, as a self-sustaining church. And now you're basically having to take those steps back. So you can't engage those who were helping or volunteering to with media or with the kids area. So now it's back on 
almost in a sense, you and your spouse to kind of do a lot of those things because my husband is preaching and teaching and still editing all the videos, still piecing them all together, doing the recording, you know, so, and I'm still doing the, the kids area and making the connections on top of balancing your family, making sure that your, your children are in the same boat as everyone else. They're experiencing loss as well. They can't engage with their friends or their family. And, you know, they have cabin fever. You're doing all of the teaching. So everything is taking place at your home, which you celebrate. But at the same time, you still have to prioritize all of it. Yeah. And so and I, I think that is that is definitely, you know, one of the things that we was just talking to our church is that we live in a world, but we have been given weapons to fight differently, you know. And so we, as we're susceptible to all of the challenges, the, you know, of having to now be homeschooling and having to manage that and still manage our ministry, all of the same things that a lot of people are wrestling with. And that that can bring a lot of fear, that can bring anxiety, that there's a lot of grief and there's sadness. Mm-hmm to all that that is taking place. Kathy, I know that you've been interacting with the like planning wives across North America. Yeah. What have what have been some ways that are are some stories that you even heard when it comes to dealing with some of the anxiety or some of the stress or the fear that um, some of our planning wives may be having? Well, Dottie, I think it's really fair to just admit that just the nature of church planting, most of these families are living in a very fragile ecosystem to start with of time and money and people and support. So it's already fragile. And then you add these limitations now of COVID. And so the real anxiety, many, many of these church planting couples, there's been job loss for our bivocational pastors, their, their wife may be working. So the real fear of losing income is happening in staggering amounts. And so there's that fragile ecosystem being disturbed with, with the finances. And just the, you know, I hear a lot of this, the, the, the stress of going live with their services. And this may sound like an, maybe an unexpected thing to hear, but they feel very vulnerable for people looking into their church and maybe they're not as professional as the next person. And that comparison game starts happening. And then you feel insecure and inadequate. Yes, and sir. it's just it's just a lot of emotional things that set off, just like Shanae's mentioned, the fear of really regressing in the health of your church. You know, and my husband is a pastor of an existing church and all churches face this, but the planning churches are just a little more vulnerable. So, yeah. Um, I did a little thing last week on on a Facebook Live on anxiety and talking about how, you know, Jesus recognized in the Sermon on the Mount that humanity was going to be addressing anxiety on this planet as part of the fall, but it's very real and it's very heightened during this time. The one thing, Dahadi, that really helps our women is when they're able to talk to someone that understands their situation, just like Shanae. When she's bearing her heart with her realities, it helps another planning wife to know she's not alone in her unique struggle during this time. Yeah, and thanks. That, that that's great. And just and I love what you talked about. Is this the the contextual differences and variances in uh, all of the different places? So as many planning wives that you're probably working with is that many different situations, that many yeah. different scenarios, you know. And and I also recognize that even when you think about planning wives there's a variety of different engagements mm-hmm. that 
those mm-hmm. wives have with their churches. You know, but one of the things that we know across the board is that most of the time that 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 planning wife is the backbone of the family, you know. And so while they're dealing with their own personal stresses, they have to still they're still managing the stresses of their children. They're still managing the stresses of their 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 husbands. They're like all those, you know, so when you talk about the comparison game that they're having, there's all types of fear and anxiety and things that they have to be dealing with and like feeling potentially inadequate of like, am I supporting these, yeah. my home well? How do you work through that in that the, even the insecurities that, that, that may come into play in addressing those? I will say this, Nishane, I want you to jump in here, but I, I have heard so often they're watching their husbands face these really hard decisions. They see his anxiety and his concern, and, and a, a wife bears that well, you know, on her own shoulders, and um, they know the stress that he's under, and they're trying to find the ways to support, many times, lots of little small kids in a house together and have really... We have, we have a planning wife in one major city that has five kids in 1,100 square foot apartments. Just mm. math. It's out of pressure. But watching her husband, Ahadi, puts a burden on her heart. And, and all she can do is take those matters to prayer and that God would make, give him wisdom that comes from above. And um, Shanae, I know you can speak into this as well, just the anxiety of watching Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and it's true. You you see the burden that he's carrying, and you see the anxiety that uh, he may be walking through, and just trying to figure out what the next step is. And you, you know, are the first to take it to prayer in that. But also um, finding a good community that, like you said earlier as well, Miss Kathy, that you can bear your feelings to. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have in New Orleans is a strong network. Of, of ladies through Sin Network. And so we've been on um, our ring meetings um, every other week. But even between that, we talk to each other. We're already friends, you know? So we're talking to each other. There's always already a sense of camaraderie and sisterhood. And I know there's things that I can talk to them about that I may not be able to talk to a family member about because of the context that I'm in as far as a, a pastor's wife or a church planning wife. And I received some wisdom a while back from um, Sister Elizabeth Luter, Dr. Fred Luter's wife. And she said, because he's always on the go, and most pastors are, and she said, her no helps his yes. Mm-hmm. So she's intentionally intentional about finding the balance or creating the balance in his yes by making sure she has more no's there. And that's what one of the things that I've tried to implement, and I think we all try to implement when we see, because you want your spouse to thrive. You want him to flourish in what God has called him to do. And ultimately, you both, what he's called you both to do. But there are different aspects of your relationship and your marriage that you can take on that he may not be able to, to keep him moving forward. But you, in turn, find those other ways, whether it's through counseling that the SIN Network provides, which is phenomenal, and through those relationships that you're cultivating through um, coaching and through uh, your network. Shanae, how have you 
as a, as a practitioner of the things that you're talking about, how have you created the healthy boundaries and tensions? Because it seems like, especially in COVID-19, the days, it seems like we're in Groundhog's Day, right? Yeah. Every day seems the same. We're kind of going from one day to another. Then the next day looks exactly the same. It's hard to even manage the, the tension of when I'm working, when I'm not working, because we're not yeah. going to a place, we're staying home. And then you have that and you, you also have the, your children. So how are you managing your your schedule, your attention, so that you stay sane, you know, yeah. in the midst of this? I think well, one of the things, uh, part of, I'm, I'm, my personality, I'm a planner. I'm the, I like to know what's happening from A to B. <laughs> it always gets me in trouble sometimes. But also being a, pl- a planter has helped, you, helped me figure out, like, okay, how to plan for certain things, right? So, um, my family, we already homeschool, but one of the things, but we, we also like to go out and we like to, I mean, cause we're in the city. So you like to go to museums and different things like that. So we've just been really, um, kind of schedule driven, making sure that, uh, my husband has the time that he needs. We make time for each other. So you really have to take the time to plan out what, what are those things that your family needs, you know? And, uh, whether it's playtime in the backyard and, you know, don't make it such a, a, a strenuous thing, you know, because you, you want your kids to find joy in what you do. Because they at this moment, they're watching every single thing that you do, mm-hmm. you know. So and how you engage people, they're watching how you engage people, your prayer life. So all of those things need to come and play. Our biggest thing is prayer. Like we pray together as a family, but even now we've been able to have more family devotions more consistently. I mean, every night, you know, whereas you had some nights, you know, before where you were at the church late or other events, my three-year-old now, her job every night at the dinner table is to ask, what was your highs and what was your lows? So everyone has to engage. She has all lows, you know, because she had to take a nap. But, um, you know, making sure that you be okay with planning your day and making sure you're planning, even if you're incorporating family devotional, putting your meals together, you know, because you're preparing for that next season as well. Because we're not going to be in this season forever, you know? And so I think for us, yeah. that's, for me personally, that's been one of the biggest things, especially having a large family. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really good. We're not going to be in this season forever. It just feels like it, but mm. we're not. We're not yeah. going to be in this season forever. We have hope that this, mm-hmm. this too shall come to pass. Yes. Um, yeah, Kathy, uh, you know, in the last couple of minutes that we have, I, I would love for you just to kind of speak to Planning Wives all across North America, what would be some wisdom that or some encouragement that you would give to planning wives that are um, all addressed? I mean, with this worldwide pandemic, this is not just a a New Orleans thing. This is not just a um, Georgia thing. This is a global pandemic that is impacting um, church planning wives across the world. What would be some advice or some wisdom that you would give? Well, I mean, every season that God injects on our lives, good or bad, painful, difficult, or whatever, he has a purpose in that. And uh, even in this purpose here, and there will be transformation, transformational changes are going to come out of this experience. 
But just like Shanae is talking about with her kids, we are really demonstrating the core of who we are, not just to our family, especially to our family, but to the outside world. Mm -hmm. And that we have in our hearts a love and concern for the neighborhood that God has planted us in, the city that God has planted us in. And that we really are, Ed and I use this phrase sometimes, it's not really found in the Bible, but we talk about it. We're smoking what we're selling. That, that we really, really are the people we claim to be even in this moment. And mm-hmm. we get the opportunity to do that. And with our kids, um, in our home, we can talk about the fear and the anxiety and maybe the, the losses that our family incurring that we may not be able to do X, Y, Z moving forward because of some financial loss, even before our kids we're demonstrating the reality of Christ in us. And so, uh, and Christ will be sufficient. And I, I know what it feels like to have some circumstances that you say, this is too big, God. Yeah. No circumstance is too big for him. And even in your darkest moment, his reality be- will become vibrant in places you didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cling to him be in the word of God because the word will help write the crazy thinking patterns of fear and anxiety. If we can cling back to truth and let the Holy spirit speak truth into us, it can be a game changer. Yeah. That's right. That is, that's powerful. And that's good. And what I heard was resounding in both of you is that you cannot give what you do not have and that's just right. become authentically you know, one who is dependent on the person and the work of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit to address any challenges that we have, whether it's a global pandemic or it is just the personal responsibilities that we bear on a consistent basis. God has put no temptation on us that which is common to each and every one of us, but he's faithful to give us a way out. And so I'm just really thankful for you, both of you, your faithfulness, your faithfulness to serving your your city, serving your family, and you know, and serving our king. You you guys are the are the heroes. You are our champions, and we're and we're and we're grateful. We're grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Keep pressing on. Join Dahati Lewis and church planting leaders from across North America this Tuesday, April fourteenth at four p.m. Eastern for a live Q and A episode of We Are Send Network. Click the link in the show notes to register or go to sendnetwork.com. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.